Man, do we have a rock-solid show lined up for you this week. On the docket is wine and all things Kentucky. First, we travel to Paducah and talk to Alan Dossey from Purple Toad Winery, an establishment that has definitely gained a lot of notoriety and made a lot of noise in its short 11-plus years of existence. We'll find out why, and then we'll take you to Frankfurt and discover a place that all proud Kentuckians definitely need to check out. If you're not, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. They call themselves Completely Kentucky. They've been there for 30 years. They're still going strong. And the proud owner, Miss Ann Wingrove, will tell us the secret to their success and enlighten us on the many goodies they have to offer. Episode 4 of Season 2 of Blabbit in the Bluegrass comes your way right now. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Woodburn to Woodbury, cold water to cold stream, we've got you covered on Blabbit in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Sam Moore once again here at the soon-to-be world-famous North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. Couldn't be happier that you're here. I'm always glad to see you, but especially today because we have two very, very special guests, one dealing with wine and one dealing with, well, all things Kentucky. Yes, I know that's quite broad in scope, but that's what they do at Completely Kentucky, a very unique specialty shop in downtown Frankfurt. Ann Wingrove has been the proud owner for 30-plus years, and uh, I tell you, if you've never shopped with Ann before, you'd be pleasantly surprised by the amount of Kentucky-themed products that she carries, ranging from food, gourmet food, to quality ingredients, jewelry, scarves, the list just goes on and on. And the best part, as their name suggests, everything in store is produced right here in the Commonwealth. So when you support Ann and her crew at Completely Kentucky, you're also supporting the vendors with which they do business. So we'll tell you more about that momentarily, and we will also sip some wine with Mr. Alan Dossey. He is proud co-owner of Paducah's Purple Toad Winery. They've only been around since 2009, but you wouldn't know it based on their popularity. They have just developed a, a tremendous following and a huge fan base. Their sweet wines are second to none, but regardless of your taste, you can find a wine in the Purple Toad profile with your name on it. So uh, Alan will tell us the uh, secret to their success and what he's got in store for the winery moving forward, and you're not going to want to miss it. So stay right where you are. We will get to our guests in just a few shakes. For right now, though, I have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster. As you know, we do this at the beginning of the show. 
We give you a little time to stew on it, and I will have your answer in the program's final segment. Alrighty, so, as you probably are aware, a number of films have been produced in and around the Commonwealth. My question to you is, what was the very first film produced right here in Kentucky? What was the very first movie that was filmed here in Kentucky? It goes back over a century. It was a silent film, I'll give you that much. Otherwise, you're going to have to hang and uh, enjoy our guests. So hopefully, it won't be a miserable hang, but you're going to have to wait. And I will reveal the answer at the conclusion of today's program. Good luck. It's yet another Blabbit in the Bluegrass Tourist Temptation. It's another Tourist Temptation here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass. And today we are featuring a winery, which has only been around... A little over a decade, but uh, has already become a, a fierce force in the wine industry, to say the least. They've got a, a variety of different flavors and noteworthy employees and, a, most importantly, a, a fantastic story. And here to tell us all about it, it's uh, one of the owners of the Purple Toad Winery in Paducah, none other than Mr. Alan Dossie. Alan, thanks for joining us today, sir. You, and, you. Uh, you and your wife and, um, well, basically your entire family, I guess, are involved with this, aren't they? Yes, they are. We got the whole family. My, uh, me and my son do all the winemaking. Uh, my wife does a lot of the bookkeeping. My daughter does uh, distribution. And so, yeah, the whole family's involved. And, of course, she's got several brothers that work for us also. Right, so it's it's truly a family affair, to say the least. Well, uh, we are tickled to have you on here, and I find it very fascinating. Uh, this all started with a vacation to Napa Valley in 1998, and this ultimately sparked the family's desire to open a winery. So if you would, Alan, explain how this trip out west fueled your family's passion for the world of wine and eventually inspired the creation of Purple Toad. Sure. Well, what we ended up doing, I'm, I'm from a small town, Cave City, in Kentucky. Oh, grew I know well. Yep. Grew up on a farm. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed farming versus what a lot of people. And, um, but I used to play a lot of golf. Uh, had a little elbow surgery. And so I didn't play as much. So I was kind of looking for a hobby. And then we took a trip to Napa and, um, you know, we drank some wine and we drink some wine, not, not a lot, but, uh, and I just loved it. I just love, it's a, it's a different kind of farming. Uh, the grapes are gorgeous. Uh, you know, you get one crop a year and, you know, you've got the sunshine and you're really just doing something different. And uh, that's what I really enjoy doing. Awesome. Now, how long have you lived in Paducah? I've uh, been here this time uh, 27 years. Oh, I gotcha. Um, so I think they probably, they probably consider you a local at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I graduated from Western. First job out of Western was here. And then I went to Dallas for 10 years and then came back. Oh, cool stuff. I'm a Western alum too, so go tops. Yep. <laughs> well, anyhow, um, tell us, Alan, what were some of the most substantial obstacles and challenges confronting your family when you officially decided to start a winery? Well, they, they all thought I was crazy, you know. That, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm the only one that really had that idea. And they're all like, you know, it's 2008. Uh, we were looking at it to actually start building and opening the winery. And of course, that was when the economy hit. You had all the issues and things like that. And everybody were looking at, oh, this is a terrible time. Don't do this. You know, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. And, um, you know, I worked in insurance for 30 years. So I was going to do this when I retired, but I decided with the stock market going up and down that uh, I, I could handle the funds better just in hand sure. than I could in the market. So that's kind of how it got started. There you go. And uh, you tuned all the naysayers out and did your thing. And it proved to be quite a good decision. Now, uh, Purple Toad first opened its doors on July 1st of 2009 and is now the Commonwealth's largest and most award-winning winery. So it only took 12 years that you're to be commended for that. Now, what in your mind has been the biggest key to Purple Toad's tremendous growth and prosperity over the past decade plus. Sure. Well, the the main thing is uh, we we specialize in sweet wines. Right. Uh, we have fifty wines, so we do sweet and dry uh, across the board. But we specialize in sweet. Um, we make the wines like the people like. You know, it's like having a restaurant. Uh, you want to make the sandwich they like. Uh, you know, you don't want to make something they don't like. Uh, the other part is uh, we get really good fruit. Uh, we don't skip on the fruit. Uh, we get uh, some of the best quality fruit you can get. And um, we, we try to make it uh, where you taste the fruit. Our, our wines, whatever it says on the label, it, it's going to taste like that. If it says blueberry, it will be blueberry. If it tastes like or says blackberry, it will taste like blackberry. And uh, so it's a little different. Uh, a lot of the wineries will say, well, we got a hint of this and a hint of that. We're, we're really not a hint of anything. It's, it's in your face. Here's your flavor. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yes. Yes, <laughs> very much so. There you go. So you said you and Stephen, your son, do all the winemaking, right? Yeah, I, I used to do it all. And now I just pretty much supervise. And we taste each taste all the wines before they go out. Uh, but he does most of the winemaking now. I've got him trained. And the intent uh, now, of course, is for him at some point in time for me to, you know, go into the sunset. But this will be his and the kids' uh, business in the future. Right. So, <laughs> so eventually you can just sip and savor and relax and leave all the hard stuff to Stephen. <laughs> But uh, anyway, for now, it's the two of you. Well, that's great. Now, with, um, with wine producers emerging in mass number throughout Kentucky and across the nation, explain what makes Purple Toad Wine simply the best in the business. You did mention your fruit and how you get the most quality fruits. So uh, what, what other key ingredients are in there? Well, just like you said, the fruit's the key. Uh, you can't good, you can't make uh, good wine with bad fruit, but you can make bad wine with good fruit. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that's the easy part. Uh, we're very consistent. Um, we've got the, uh, the equipment, the buildings. We built a new building. Uh, we've got eight tanks uh, that hold 28,000 bottles each. So uh, we can make larger batches. Uh, it's as easy to make a large batch as it is a small batch. Uh, we have an automated bottling line. Uh, 
um, automated pumps, automated filter systems. So we've got all the infrastructure that allows us to duplicate each flavor almost identically each time. So that's a big plus. And, and then we're back to the flavors again. Sure. Our flavors travel. Uh, and, and when you say that, a lot of the wineries, they're mostly built on a uh, entertainment, uh, wedding, you know, banquet facility. And actually our winery is mostly wine production. Oh, we cool. do have banquets and different things like that. But most of us, what we really do is we sell wine. <laughs> you go, you just have one specialty and you stick to it. And uh, <laughs> you're not trying to do too much at one time. So that definitely works in your favor. So the uh, flavor varieties of Purple Toad range from... <laughs> Let's see here. There's a ton of them to say the least, but we've got black peach and strawberry lemonade and even a cotton candy. Those are just a few. Um, however, I have, uh, I've picked out a few best sellers that I'd like to highlight. And if you would just give us a description of each of these noteworthy flavors. How about let's start with, uh, I'll tell you my, uh, my first interview was with, uh, Laura Oswald with the Paducah Convention Visitors Bureau. We talked a little bit about Purple Toad, and she said this was her personal favorite, and it's none other than Black and Bruised. Well, Black and Bruised are number one seller. Uh, there's really nothing close. It's a blend of blackberry and Concord, um, and it's a sweet wine. Uh, we have a sweetness scale one to seven, and it's a four, and that it's our number one seller by far, but it's just blackberry, Concord, uh, blend. Oh, you gotta love it. It's not too sweet, just sweet enough, and you're gonna love it in an instant. So, sip some black yep. and bruised. Um, let's see. What about tropical sangria? It's again, it's one of our top 10 sellers. It's a mango, papaya, guava, and pineapple blend. Uh, so, it is great over ice, summertime, things like that. And uh, it's also a sweetness scale to four. And uh, it, it gives you, you can taste each fruit. Uh, that's the trick on a lot of what we do is balancing the flavors where you'll get one at the first and a half a second later, a second will come in and then you'll finish with another one. And, and that's the trick on the winemaking. There you go. So you, you clearly taste all the flavors and the sangria and everything else. And, <laughs> you know, nothing's, nothing's diluted. Mm. Everything's well balanced. That's, that's to be commended. Now, so we have two fours on the sweetness scale so far. Um, what about Paducah Harbor? Okay. Paducah Harbor is a hundred percent blackberry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a higher uh, alcohol content than Lawrence blackberry but it's made from the same fruit. Uh, Lauren's my 21 year old. So we all have our name on our wines. I noticed uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So they, they can't gripe at me anymore. No. Uh, but, but the Paducah Harbor is an 18% blackberry port style dessert wine is what it's made for. It's sweetness scale five. And really what it was made for was an after dinner. Uh, of course you can drink it whichever way you like, but it, it'll make you happy just a little quicker with that 18%. <laughs> a quick road to happy nobody's gonna complain about that yeah. and uh let's see last but certainly not least i can't help but think that uh, a certain neil diamond song might have inspired the name of this one tell us about sweet carol wine 
Sweet Caroline was Neil Diamond's, uh, you know, he was behind sure. this, but <laughs> yeah. But my son, this is uh, under my son's label. Um, he's got Big Blue Winery. And, and this is similar to the Black and Bruised. It, it's a little softer, uh, has a little less acidity to it. And, uh, but it's a Blackberry Concord blend also. Cool stuff. Now, where does that fall on the sweetness scale? It, it's also around the four. Okay, so we're all around the four or the five here, <laughs> so, which is just uh, perfect. So check them out. Mm -hmm. I did notice uh, that all of, or well, not all, but a fair number of your wines are named after family members, like uh, Stephen Strawberry is uh, the one named after your son. So I guess I take it the strawberry's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, he loves strawberries when he's a kid. Yeah. And, there you uh, go. So <laughs> I'm Alan's blueberry. So, uh, you know, I love blueberries. So, so yeah. blueberries naturally your favorite. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. One of them. Yes, it is. There you go. So, that's what, what, what are your, um, what are your other favorites? Well, I, I've got the two top ones I do. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than most of the people here. No. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I like some of the drier wines. I drink the full lips. I can drink the sweetest wine we have and then all the way up to the driest. Uh, for the, Sweet wines, I love the Paducah Harbor. That's at eighteen percent one again. Right. Um, but for the dry wines, we've got a uh, Dossie Reserve. My, of course, that's my last name. Sure. And it's a Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Petite Syrah blend. Now it is a in-your-face dry uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's for really for eating with meals, steaks, things of that nature. What it's for, um, but. Like I said, I can drink the full list, and uh, I love the tropical in the summer. You, you can drop some ice in it and get it nice and chill. So it, it just varies, but those are two of my favorite. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with anything in the wine repertoire of Purple Toad. Now, um, the awards page on your website, Alan, is uh, seemingly never-ending, as Purple Toad has been widely recognized for its one-of-a-kind wine. Now, I know all of these awards have given your family a tremendous sense of pride, but if you had to choose, tell us which ones you believe to be the most meaningful and significant, and uh, describe what makes these honors so special in your book. Sure. The, the biggest award we've uh, won uh, since we've been open is the Indian International Winemaker of the Year. Uh, we got that in 2017. Um, the big thing on that, that's held at Purdue University. They have uh, 3,000 entries uh, from 42 states and 14 countries. And we got an overall award for this one. Uh, we won uh, multiple gold, double gold medals, several gold medals. And, um, but that's by far the biggest one. We've got uh, letters from the, from the legislator uh, legislators, sorry, the um, Senate and the House, they sent special letters. We got a, a letter from the governor at the time, but uh, that by far is the biggest thing we've won so far. That's pretty cool stuff. And one, one out of 3,000 ain't too shabby. So <laughs> no, no. we're pretty tickled on that. I, I was really surprised. I didn't expect that. I really well. didn't. <laughs> Kudos yeah. to the Dossie family on that one. Your, uh, your refreshing wine is most certainly the star of the show. However, Purple Toad, all, Purple Toad also carries uh, a number of other snazzy souvenirs for valued guests. 
So uh, if you would, Alan, fill us in on the attractive assortment of goodies available for purchase on site and online. Oh, sure. Well, the, the main thing, of course, everybody loves the t-shirts. Sure. So we've got three different styles of t-shirts, different colors, things of that nature. And I'm probably going to work on another one in the near future. I do a lot of the drawings and stuff. I had a little art background, so I enjoy doing that. But oh, cool! We've got we got logo glasses with our uh, logo, of course, on them. Uh, we got uh, especially wine stoppers, little animals on them, frogs, of course, or toads on sure. some of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can get little sheep, little dogs, you know, you know, about anything you want on these things. Uh, we've got some cut, you know, etch cutting boards. Uh, we've got a laser etching machine. We can customize. Uh, those you know, show the frog or your people's name or whatever they want to do there. Uh, we had some bottles, so we do things like that. So, of course, we got the normal gift bags and all that stuff like that. So, well, that's neat. So, all of your hats and shirts are made right there in house. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, we buy uh, most of it locally as we can. Sure. Well, that's wonderful. And I know a lot of people like to stock up on those mementos because although you have a lot of local visitors. You have a lot of out-of-towners as well. So uh, give us an idea of some of the states or maybe even countries that you've had visitors <laughs> come in from to see you. Oh, sure. We, we've had them from all over the world. We've had them from Russia, Japan, uh, South Korea, of course, we get England, Norway, uh, Germany. So they're from all over. Of course, everywhere in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, we get people so it's, it's been quite interesting to see all these people and talk to them. So pretty much all 50 states and, and well beyond. Yes, so yes. Purple Toad is truly global. Now, patrons can enjoy tours of the award-winning Purple Toad Winery during all hours of operation, seven days a week. So, Alan, why don't you give us a synopsis of the Purple Toad tour experience? Sure. And with COVID, we've had to discontinue them, but as soon as the COVID thing's over, but in general, they come in, uh, we have a tasting area. Uh, it's all uh, COVID approved process. You come in, of course, you have to wear a mask right now, mm -hmm. but uh, you wear your mask up to the tasting area. You can taste up to eight wines free. Um, you can test any of the 50 wines you wish uh, in that eight. And then, um, you can make a choice there. You can purchase. You can consume on premises. You can take it home. Uh, so we do that. And you can also, except for the COVID period, which we're in right now, uh, you can come up to the production building and actually see where we make the wines, bottle the wines, process the wine, receive the fruit. And so we'll go walk through. And a lot of times it's me that actually does that. And, you know, and I'll show you the different processes. So, and, and just how technical you want to be on it, I can get as techno if you wish or we can just <laughs> well, over the top pretty easy we, we'll uh you know yeah. we'll we'll save some of the uh surprise element for the folks when they come to take the tour because we we uh we don't want to completely spoil it but i guess these last about uh about 15 to 20 minutes or so the tour that's about right that's about right yeah awesome and do you prefer people book these in advance or can they pretty much walk straight up and no, they just go down uh, to the tasting room staff and ask for a oh, tour. Right. And unless there's something going on that we can't, you know, uh, then we we normally do it. Great. Well, that, that sounds like a bunch of fun. And anytime they're open, they're offering tours. And that's 
seven days a week. And um, why don't let's give them those hours? Sure. We're our standard hours right now. COVID hours are essentially we're open at ten thirty every day, and we usually we close at six thirty, except on Sundays. Sundays is one to six. Okay, so ten thirty to six thirty every day except Sunday, and that's one to six. And anytime <laughs> during those windows, you can come take a tour, sample some wine, and uh, enjoy. Now, not only can we purchase purple toad products on your website, but they are also readily available through a number of other outlets. So why don't you give us a rundown of the shopping and dining establishments, which proudly offer purple toad? Sure. Uh, well, I really can't give you specifics, but uh, the reason is in Kentucky, we're in over 400 stores. Oh yeah, that's pretty yeah, yeah, that's pretty extensive to say the least. So yeah, <laughs> Illinois we're in two hundred plus. Indiana we're in about two hundred and fifty. Uh, Ohio's about fifteen to twenty. Tennessee's in the two to three hundred range. Uh, Alabama's in about seventy-five to eighty different stores, and then Virginia. We just got into Virginia at the end of the year, so we're in about thirty or forty locations in Virginia. So okay, so and in all the surrounding states. You know, Purple Toad is, is not hard to find. Now, what are, some of the, what are some of the most popular restaurants in which Purple Toad is available? Uh, we got a few here in town, uh, most of it. Uh, most of it is actually sold out of the liquor stores and, okay. and not, not too often in the restaurants. So the local restaurants in Paducah are <laughs> where you're most likely to find the, uh, the Purple Toad wine. So go check them out, explore, and uh, you're never too far regardless of where you are from a purple toad product so alan though you've been a great guest we've sure enjoyed chatting with you today and uh, before we let you go and get back to some of that wonderful wine making in 30 seconds or less why don't you give us your best sales pitch for purple toad as cream of the wine crop and a mccracken county must stop sure well, the main thing is we're Kentucky's most awarded winery. Uh, we offer 50 different wines, from sweet wines to dry wines. So there's a choice from dry, semi-sweet, sweet, and, and dessert type wines. So you can normally find the wine between the 50. Mm -hmm. uh, our tasting room, like you said, is open seven days a week, offers uh, tasting and sales of our wines. Uh, you can do some consumption on premises and it's all as, everything is right now it is all COVID approved and we meet all the guidelines that the state requires so it's still open. See perfect and you can meet Alan and his entire family and uh, they, they still sign relatively cheap autographs don't you Alan? Yes I do. Okay. It, it, it is one of the funny things I do when I go out I do sign autographs. It's just, there you it, go so folks take advantage of that get Alan and his family signature whenever you come across one of them. Now, uh, purpletoadwinery.com is the website. And why don't let's give them that phone number where they can call you. Sure. The phone number is 270-554-0010. And they have outstanding customer service. You can uh, order products that way too by calling and ask any questions that you may have. And finally, how about that address? Sure. The address is uh, 4275 Old U.S. Highway 45 South, Paducah, Kentucky, and it's 42003. Awesome. And 
the other part of that is uh, we actually are licensed and we ship to 22 states from our website. 22 states. So that's almost half of them. <laughs> you yes. know, so we're working we're, on more too. Working on more. So keep your yeah. ears peeled for future updates. <laughs> Alan and his crew, they're always branching out. So they'll be able to ship to more in no time flat. I just know it. Well, Alan, you've been a blast. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Also, don't forget to follow Alan and his crew on Facebook at Purple Toad Winery. The Twitter handle is at Purple Toad Wine, and the Instagram spot is at Purple Toad Winery. So check them out. Become part of the huge Purple Toad customer family, if you will. You can order online. You can order by phone. Of course, purchase at the winery and also check them out at various liquor stores and local restaurants in the Paducah surroundings. So every opportunity for you to savor your favorite Purple Toad products or discover your favorite Purple Toad products if you haven't had the pleasure of savoring yet. And if that's the case, trust me, you are in for a real, real treat. And we sure appreciate Alan coming on with us today. Now from Paducah, we spin you over to our state's capital where we find a very unique store devoted to all things Kentucky. If you've got Kentucky in your blood, I don't care where your interests lie or your needs fall, you're going to find something that is so you at Completely Kentucky. They have such an enormous selection and chances are you know somebody who Completely Kentucky has done business with as they buy from vendors all across the state. Everything in store is produced by our fellow Kentuckians. So let's hear all about it now in our local business landmark with none other than Miss Ann Wingrove. And now Blabbit in the Bluegrass brings you a local business landmark. Today, we are featuring a downtown Frankfurt institution which has been proudly selling with proud Kentuckians in mind for 30 plus years, and they ain't about to stop now. We have to tell us all about the uh, impressive variety of products ranging from food to jewelry to scarves to so much, much more. We have the proud owner of Completely Kentucky herself. Let's welcome to the stage, Ann Wingrove. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you a lot. You've been the owner of uh, Completely Kentucky for over 30 years, and Ann, that's pretty impressive for a 39-year-old. <laughs> that's right. I started young. <laughs> yes, you, you were a child prodigy. That's, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, we're happy to have you, and we can't wait to hear about Completely to Kentucky today and all that it has to offer. Now, like we said, for three decades, Completely Kentucky has stocked the shelves, with authentic and attractive merchandise designed with proud Kentuckians in mind. So if you would, Anne, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the history of Completely Kentucky and explain how it has grown to be a signature specialty shop in downtown Frankfurt. Well, I, I started this business, uh, as you said, 30 years ago. Uh, but before that, I had worked as a consultant and uh, for a, a, actually an international consulting firm based here in Frankfurt. So I ended up traveling all over North America. And when I would travel, I would look for something unique to that particular area. I wanted to, you know, buy a piece of art or a piece of decorative uh, pottery or, so, or 
functional pottery or something for my house to remember the trip. So uh, I was involved with the downtown uh, Main Street program for Frankfurt. My boss actually was on the board. And so I had to go to the meetings Then I ended up being on the board. And and I decided, I think I want to put my money and my time where my mouth has been. And if I'm talking about revitalizing our downtown, then maybe I should be a part of it instead of just saying it's a good idea. So I I quit my job as a consultant. I had two young uh, boys at the time and, you know, jumped right into owning a retail store. And I thought of all the things to do down in, you know, to have a store, to have a business in the downtown, maybe I should have something like I always looked for locally made work, uh, art and craft that comes from the people of of that area I was visiting. And and we didn't really have anything like that in Kentucky or in Frankfurt at the time. Uh So uh, that's, I kind of just came up with it. And and then I uh, started looking for uh, art and craft, uh, locally made products uh, to have in the store here. Now, uh, your website, Ann, states, we look for things you can't get just anywhere. So tell us what exactly inspired you to seek out these gems, which always seem to find a home with one of your valued customers, but are often hard to find and considerably off the beaten path. Well, yeah, this is, um, you're right. Uh, these We do find things that you just can't get anywhere because they're made by an individual or a family or maybe a small group of artists. Some some of our artists have two or three artists that work with them. And, the, you know, but many of them are, are the only artists that, you know, it's them, it's one person. So sure. of course, you're not going to find it in a chain store. You're not going to find it in a large store no. because they, they just can't create the quantity. Um, and so it's kind of, this is, it's all about relationships. In fact, this, just today, I just came back from picking up some glasswork from one of our artists and I've known her for probably 28 years. You know, her kids were the same age as my kids and they were all running around and all this glass everywhere and it was a miracle, nothing ever got broken. Um, <laughs> and I, I swear, you know, cause my, my boys were wild and her kids were wild and, you know, we'd go pick up work and our kids would be there and, you know, they all played with each other. Boys um, will be boys. Yeah, that's right. It's like living with a couple of tornadoes, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's all about relationships and, and these artists have become friends, many of them. And, and we're partners in a way, you know, I enable them to keep working because we sell their work. You know, we represent their work. We represent them. We work with our customers. Oh, I want this mug, but you know, can I get it a little bit taller? Or I really need, you know, uh, this jewelry made this way, or, you know, can you add three more beads to this or whatever? And I don't know that regular big stores ever get requests like that. We get them all the time. So um, our artists are, you know, our job is to represent them and to sell their work and enable, you know, everybody to be able to come and pick out wonderful Kentucky made work uh, so they can stay, you know, in their studios and keep designing and making it. One size fits all just does not apply with a lot of the completely Kentucky products. (laughs) (laughs) So they're all about customization. Now, uh, being the owner of a longstanding tradition like completely Kentucky has certainly given you tremendous joy and gratification through the years. So tell us if you would, Anne, what has been your favorite part? If you had to choose one, what has been your favorite part of the completely Kentucky journey to this point? Oh gosh, it it was really, really hard to answer that question. 
Well, one of my favorite things, and this is silly. One of them, um, yeah. <laughs> one of them, you know, because there are, I mean, like today, just seeing Laura, I haven't seen her in ages and finding out about her kids and her grandchildren, you know, all, that's really satisfying. And um, when we sell something that we've, you know, had for a long time or is a real special thing or the customer's like so excited, then that's also a favorite thing. But one of the consistent favorite things that for me, which is that, in the mornings when I open the store, and I don't always open, I have um, wonderful employees. So. Sure. But when I open, whoever opens does this, and we sweep the sidewalk. And there's just something, I just feel so connected to, and maybe other people don't think of merchants as noble, as a noble profession, but to me, it seems like a really integral part of our society throughout the ages. We've always had people that that trade, enable people to trade their goods and services for other goods and services. And now, of course, we use money as the interim part, but a long, long time ago, you would trade what you made for, you know, something that you needed from someone else. And uh, to me, I just feel real connected to that when I sweep the sidewalk. Much of completely Kentucky's merchandise is purchased from family-owned specialty shops across the Commonwealth who have perfected their crafts through many generations of time and talent. So uh, tell us about the strategies you use, Anne, to locate and connect with these small business owners. Well, well it's funny. When we first opened, my cousin helped me for the first year. And he said, <laughs> and he's true, I keep thinking of this 30 years later, he goes, everybody in Kentucky makes something. <laughs> <laughs> it's about right. <laughs> and, and actually, in some ways, that is so true. Um, so we go to, a, a, the state has a, a wholesale retail craft show craft market um, once a year, usually in the spring. It was canceled last year. It's been postponed this year to August. So the artists that participate in that are all Kentucky, you know, they, they've been juried into this program and they, they make original work and they have to, you know, follow all the, these uh, jury rules, but they also wholesale. And not everybody that makes something wholesales and not every artist understands really even how wholesale works. And um, so wholesale is just like, you know, you know, you go to the car deal and you buy a car, you know they didn't pay that exact same amount for that car that they're selling. And the same thing, of course, works in any store and business. And, you know, we have to make money to pay our employees and our utilities and, and sure. the free gift wrapping that we do and, you know, the shipping, you know, programs that we use to ship products and stuff like that. So, um, so not every artist wholesales, but the ones that this particular show do. So that's a big, big thing. We'll, we'll go there and, and probably 75% of the artists there are, are active artists with us. And probably over the 30 years, we've had over 2000 artists work represented in the shop. So, um, and then I go to about 10 or 15 other shows around the state um, where it's just a regular show like you would go to. You know, you've heard of St. James Art Fair maybe in Louisville or Woodland, right. Washington, you know, there's uh, quite a few and like festivals have craft shows and stuff like that. So if I go to those, I, I might find one or two people that wholesale and have work that would sell here because not everything is, um, you know, works for our customers either. So, sure. uh, you know, and, and I do a bit, you know, I jury them in, you know, does it look quality work? Is it unique? Is it, you know, original? Um, all that stuff, you know, so we, we don't uh, buy things that people buy and resell, you know, it's all handmade by, and it's all by a Kentucky, and I always say Kentucky family businesses, because I think every one of them is a family business. 
exactly <laughs> yeah I'm, i would imagine so and those those shows i know are always a blast and we were talking the other day i bet you've probably made connections in uh most all of 120 counties yeah, that we i know have i'm gonna Kentucky. try to find that out because you know i think there's a few counties we don't have represented and that would be we we uh, identify everything in the store it has an inventory number and most of our customers do not know this, but the first part of the inventory number talks about the region of the state that the product, the item is from. So we have nine physiographic regions that we've identified because my background is natural resources, forestry and natural resources. So I divided the state up by physiographic regions, you know, not by population or, or whatever. But so gotcha. yeah, we have some, some parts of the state are much better represented than others. So this year is the year we're gonna like go out to the far corners and make sure we, uh, we reach out and try to find some artists who we may have not you know, heard of before. They may not have heard of us, but people call us a lot. That's another way, it's word of mouth. I mean, an artist will say to me, you know, when I'm picking up work or meeting them somewhere, they say, hey, have you ever bought from so-and-so? You know, they have really good work. You know, it, should, it might work in the shop. So um, it's, a, it's a big word of mouth. It's a small little community, the, the, the craft community in a way. Uh, they all know one another, so. Yeah, there's a lot of friendships there and they, they put in good words for each other. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know that helps you immensely. Now, uh, those who have never had the pleasure of shopping with Completely Kentucky would be pleasantly surprised by the wide array of crafty creations that any of our fellow Kentuckians would appreciate. So, which of these truly unique treasures would you say seem to be the most requested and highly sought after? I know this is such a, people ask me all the time. You're asking extremely difficult questions here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's my job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, as I tell my employees, almost the answer to almost any question that they ask me or any of our, you know, what should I do in this situation? The answer is it depends. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it depends on the time of the year, the who, who the customer is, of course, what they're looking for and what they want. But, but we do have a huge range. So we have, magnets and candy sticks and then huge big pieces of you know furniture and fine art so it, it ranges so if somebody's looking for a wedding gift we can handle that that's no problem at all if somebody wants to give a um, speaker gifts to you know at the conference that they're hosting no problem we can do that uh, if somebody's got um, you know a need for uh, somebody that he's getting married and they don't really know who they are or their cousins, you know, got a shower coming up, you know, we can come up kind of a little bit more generic things too, you know, or if there's somebody they know very, very well, you know, they can certainly pick out something uh, that represents their interest. But by and large, most of the things that people want, and we sell a lot of jewelry, you know, sure, um, earrings, bracelets, uh, things like that. Uh, we have some really nice high-end pieces of jewelry too, and they sell, but not, as quickly we sell pottery lots of pottery but we sell lots of mugs because you know you never can have too many mugs oh, no. so you know it, it really depends but but it's it's shocking we talk among ourselves as to what sells and it's so hard to predict you know somebody came in today and got some wooden uh utensils and a, a dish towel you know, hmm. that they were giving it you know and, utensils and a dish so towel. I just told you about pottery but here they picked out wood you know so Right. <laughs> yeah, it varies uh, seasonally a lot of times. And you were telling me you've uh, 
you've already sold three pieces of furniture since the beginning of the year, haven't you? Yes, and January is, for most retailers, especially during a pandemic that's raging or, you know, out of control, um, we sold three pieces of expensive furniture in, you know, the middle of January. So, yeah, I don't know, you know, they were so excited to get it. And these are beautiful pieces. One was a big walnut along like a hallway table or a sofa table had um, an inlay of turquoise all the way down, you know, kind of wandering like a stream down across the entire top. And then one side of it was solid. And then there was a, a leg on the other end. So it kind of looked a little bit like an ironing board kind of base. I don't know. Oh. It was a very interesting piece of furniture. And they bought that and, and then we sold two more pieces. It's, I right can't behind it. <laughs> Gosh, that's crazy. Who knows? Next month, you might be in for a few more surprises, but yeah. <laughs> that's all. And those are the fun. surprises we like. And they were so excited. And when we called the artist, he was thrilled. Oh, you know, I can it imagine. Like it was like a light Christmas present for him, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's the thing that's been really hard. And I, I, I always forget to mention this, but this is really important. I do tell a lot of our customers, last year was so hard for our artists because all the craft shows were canceled. Right. You know? And when we called to order last November, October for Christmas, and we were, it was a little bit later, usually we order in, in August and September, but we weren't sure how the summer was. We weren't sure how, you know, so we were kind of trying to be careful. Probably at least half, if not more than half said, you're the first order we've had all year. Isn't that great? <laughs> and so it just kind of breaks your heart that, you know, I hope they can make it through this, you know, because, um, you know, it's one thing, you know, people buying from Amazon, Amazon's doing fine, but it's the little artists that, you know, that depend on all those shows and all the shops, you know, ordering from them and that's not happening for them. Right. So. I mean, it's heartbreaking that that was the first order of the year, but yet it gives you a sense of pride, I'm sure, to know that you're Oh yeah, helping them out. Feel, actually, I felt a little guilty. Like maybe I should have called them earlier. <laughs> you know? uh, that's all right. Better late than never. Now we'll expand on the furniture and jewelry and those sorts of things as we go along here. But for right now, and there is no better way to taste the flavors of the bluegrass than by stocking up on gourmet foods from completely Kentucky, along with quality ingredients for those favorite recipes. So I've selected a few such items to highlight. And I'd like for you, if you would, to give us a brief description of each. Now this really appealed to me when I first came across it on your website. Let's hear about the Bourbon Smoked Spices gift set. Well, that is, oh, we've only had it for maybe a year and a half or so, and we are thrilled with that product. It's six different spices and um, it's bourbon, smoked bourbon flavor with different flavors. So, you know, it's a, it, there's a, uh, a salt, there's a, there's a garlic, there's a, you know, a hot spicy, you know, blend and uh, people love it. You don't need very much. It's, and you can sprinkle it on almost anything. You can put it on a salad, you can put it on uh, some nuts, you can sprinkle it on a meat. It's, uh, it's very versatile, especially for somebody that, that feels comfortable cooking something more than just boiling pasta. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, add a little more pizzazz to your food. Yeah, yeah, yeah they can, uh, you know, this, this works out well and, and people love it. So we're really thrilled to have that. Being a, a big fan of all things teriyaki, this one really appealed to me as well. 
Let's hear about the teriyaki sauce. Well, that also has a bourbon and sorghum in it, which is a little bit different than most teriyakis. Um, and they call it Kentuckyaki, you know, because it's, it's, uh, um, it's got a little bit, you know, a little bit of bourbon flavor and a little bit of sorghum in there. And, sure. uh, and of course, garlic and ginger, but it's a great marinade. And that's a nice little Kentucky twist on a typical, like a soy sauce or teriyaki sauce. Yeah, and the uh, bourbon and the sorghum put the Kentucky right. in the Kentucky Yaki. Right. <laughs> so stock up on that. Now, uh, this is from a legendary Lexington restaurant, which closed maybe about 10, 12 years ago, but apparently it was a, a fan favorite, and you can relive those memories by coming to Completely Kentucky and getting the Country Pinto Bean Soup Mix. That's correct. And that's from Flag Fork Farm. And they used to have a little restaurant in Lexington um, on Broadway, I think the street is. I'm not familiar with all the, the streets in Lexington. Tend There's to a ton of them. Names, you know, <laughs> so you might, be, <laughs> might have four names for one street, but I believe exactly. it's on Broadway. Uh, it's where, is where Flag Fork Farm restaurant used to be. And before that, a long time before, um, probably about 40 years ago, they had a farm in Franklin County, which is where Frankfurt is, uh, way in the edge of the county. Right. And that's, and they grew lots of herbs and spices. And that's where I think they all start, they started with uh, this whole line and then expanded it to the restaurant. And now they've retired. So they're still making the soup mixes and they make about five or six soup mixes and we carry them. And they do about 10 or 12 um, dip mixes and they do a, a beer cheese and they do a, a mulling spice. Uh, that this we couldn't do it this year. We always for the month of November and December we have cider, mold cider that we give to customers when they come in with these mulling spices. But we couldn't do it because you can't do samples with COVID. So you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, yeah, just because the restaurant's closed doesn't mean that the uh, country pinto bean soup mix days are gone. That's so. right. Gorgeous and and it's beautiful to see too because it's all these different beans in it and the spices it looks just so fresh and yummy and it tastes delicious too so yeah tastes just as good as it looks so <laughs> let ann hook you up now lastly my mouth is watering already and we haven't even talked about those dark chocolate majescas well some of your listeners may have heard of a, of a majesca it's a real traditional kentucky candy much like a bourbon ball um, but the majesca is made with caramel and a marshmallow center, it's not just a marshmallow center, it's a handmade marshmallow, which takes very different than the marshmallows you're used to, you know, getting in the bag and, and toasting over the uh, campfire. Uh, but this business has now added a dark chocolate Majesca. So it's the, a dark chocolate caramel with a marshmallow center. And, uh, and the Majesca is named after Madame Majesca, who was an opera singer. I, I think that name sounded familiar. Yeah, I think she was from Germany originally or something. But anyway, the grandfather of the current owner, who's a woman, and she's had the business for about 25, 30 years, I guess, she's been running it. And her son is now helping her run it. So it's a fourth generation business now. Oh, great. But, uh, her grandfather's partner, there were two men that were partners, um, he loved this opera singer so he made this candy design, you know created this candy and named it after her <laughs> and he named it after his idol <laughs> and he kept sending she was in louisville apparently she'd do operas there and she would he would send it over to her <laughs> that's, that's how we get the majescas yeah. now uh, this company is 
right below you too in Anderson yes, County, right? They're, they're in Lawrenceburg. Uh-huh. Lawrenceburg. Yep. So, yes, definitely check those Majeskas out and uh, support yet another Kentucky product. Now, uh, for those of us who may be living in homes that are not fully furnished, completely Kentucky, just may have what the doctor ordered. We briefly touched on furniture a little bit ago, but if you would expand a little more on the fine furniture available for purchase at Completely Kentucky. Well, when we called uh, Byron to tell him we'd sold the table, he came within a week and we bought three more, four more pieces uh, oh, from cool. him. So, <laughs> uh, so we're, uh, we're really excited because we've got several new pieces. But, but many of our woodworkers, the, most of the furniture is wood. And I guess all of it is just, you know, some is metal and wood combination. We have a blacksmith that also does fine furniture. Uh, with barrel um, staves and then another one that, that uses uh, barn wood. Uh, but a lot of them, they pick their wood very carefully. Uh, there's a young couple in Louisville that um, when a tree falls, a big tree on a state or a, you know, a historic site or whatever, they cut it and they have a kiln in their garage. <laughs> they live in like suburbia. A and they kiln have a in their kiln. garage, huh? <laughs> they have a kiln in their garage and uh, they dry the wood and they have these big slabs with live edges and the, the wood may be three feet, three and a half feet wide because it was a big, huge old tree. And because it was this big estate tree, it had lots of limbs. So it has lots of interesting, you know, wood features or it maybe had some disease. So it has the, the prettiest wood is often the wood that is not created for t lumber. The right. wood created for lumber is straight trees, no knots, you know, clean, smooth wood. But the trees that grow like in a yard or in a farm, you know, for 100 years or 75 years, they have lots of things happen to them over that time that then is reflected in their, the grain of their wood. It makes it gorgeous and beautiful, different colors. We just got a, a walnut coffee table and it has purple in it. I've never seen purple and I've never seen red in, in black walnut. It's gorgeous. And um, it's a got a, it's a live edge. So it and it also has it's right where a fork was. So the coffee table is wider at one end than the other. And those colors are just unbelievable. They're just gorgeous. That's neat. So something to spice up any home. That's right. <laughs> so making it's it a, more very, very, very much one of a kind. You won't ever. You can't ever get two of the same kind like that. See, it's <laughs> wood, wood, and more wood. And go check them out. And. Uh, See what they have to make your kitchen or living room or any room in your house, for that matter, complete at Completely Kentucky. Now, we uh, touched on this a little bit as well, but uh, pottery buffs can certainly rejoice at Completely Kentucky while browsing an enormous variety of marvelous merchandise skillfully crafted by Kentucky potters. So why don't you enlighten us, Ann, on the splendid selection of tempting treasures in the pottery department. Well, you know, potters, well, I, I don't know that I could say it's only potters, but potters um, can come up with some amazing things using clay. Oh, you sure. Know? So almost anything you can think of, uh, one of our potters has created it uh, out of clay. Um, we have, you know, many of our potters use a wheel. So they do, you know, like vases and mugs and things that are symmetrical and round. But then we have a, um, quite a few other 
potters that are more like sculptors. And so it will be almost a three-dimensional thing or a three-dimensional thing, you know, that would sit there uh, on a table or something and be a sculpture. And that's also made out of pottery. And of course, a lot of the uh, flat things are often slab work and things like that. So it's really hard to say that our pottery is any one particular style or it, we probably have maybe 30 different potters right now, 30 or 40. Oh, gotcha. um, you know, so, you know, some are very traditional and consistent in their shapes and, and they don't deviate much. And then others, you never know what you're going to get from them because they get tired of making that thing. And now they're making this thing. You know. Always a toss up with them. Huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. So when you got 30 or 40, potters that you're working with that yeah. that creates for some impressive variety so come on out and uh, check out the pottery selection now on a uh, somewhat similar artistic note the uh, commonwealth is home to a number of amazing artists and from pastels to photography and everything in between many of their creations are proudly showcased by completely kentucky so why don't you and give us an overview of the astounding artwork currently being sold? Well, I'm really proud of our, we call it the upstairs gallery um, mm -hmm. because we are, we have two stories and we're old historic building and the upstairs was, you know, because of security concerns, you don't want little tiny things like jewelry upstairs, um, you know, or you don't want something that somebody would have a lot of questions about that, you, you know, you're trying to go back and forth and, and try to keep, um, you know, give customer service everywhere. Uh -huh. Um, so, so we never really, just last year, we finally totally redid it after, during the pandemic, actually. We painted all of our fixtures. We vac, you know, shampooed the carpet. We totally rearranged the whole store in the two months that we were closed. So we now have what I feel like I'm very proud of, a real um, fine art gallery upstairs. And we highlight, I think there's seven different artists each one has their own kind of area. We were able to, to lay it out in a way that you can see their work together. It's not conflicting with someone else's work. And you really get a sense of the scope and, and the, you know, the, the options you have uh, for that particular artist. So one of our artists is Fran Redman. And anyone in the craft business in Kentucky would know that name because she ran the craft marketing program. She was the branch manager for for pretty much her whole career in state government. Oh, um, gotcha, Fran gotcha. is an artist, but when she retired, she finally, for the first time, was able to, to focus on her art, and she's a pastel artist. Um, pastel is a difficult medium because it is basically chalk dust. And so you, one smudge and you've ruined your whole thing. You can't add more on top to cover it up because you know, it's yeah. all covered up, you know. <laughs> Can't polish your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but she, and she focuses on um, landscapes um, in central Kentucky and well, I, actually all parts of Kentucky, but there are a lot of them. If you, if you are familiar with some of the things in central Kentucky, you'll recognize, um, you know, some of her work, the lakes and the, you know, streams and the mountains and stuff. So um, sure. we just, you know, I've known Fran for almost 35 years. And finally, last year, we carried some of her note cards, and I finally said, you know, hey, we're redoing this. What do you, what do you think? And she's been thrilled. We've been really, we've sold quite a bit of her work, and I'm just really glad we finally, you know, organized the upstairs to be able to highlight the work in a way that, you know, it deserves. Uh, who are the other artists that are highlighting? Well, another one is Ted Tarquinio. And Ted, if you live in the Louisville area or you're in the racing business kind of or, you know, 
spend any time looking at racing art, you would recognize his work because he is a very renowned uh, horse racing photographer. And he goes all around the country, well, when they have horse races everywhere, sure, <laughs> next exactly. year maybe, um, taking photos. But he originally, he was trained and worked as a landscape photographer. So he always looked at the context. And so then when he became a horse photographer, all of his pictures of horses really take into account the, the context of the horse. It isn't just the horse. And he's very, you know, it's a subtle difference. If you look at his work versus just regular pictures of horses, you'll, you'll may not be able to figure out what it is about his that's different and or that's so appealing. And once I heard that, once he told me that, I said, of course, that's what makes sense. You've got these beautiful backgrounds. You, you make sure you have the tree or whatever, you know, in the, in the photograph. Um, so he, he, uh, has a lot of when we have a triple crown winner he has a triptych he will make with three photos in the same big frame you know vertical frame um and it's of each of the three races of that horse winning each of the three you know of the triple crown that's a neat so, idea um, so whenever we have a triple crown winner you know we get another uh <laughs> opportunity another, to a triptych another triptych yep yeah and, so, then, but, um, and then he has them right at the instant they cross. I mean, I guess he must have great credentials. He's always in the right spot to take the best photos. <laughs> he is consistent, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's good. And then an, another uh, artist I'd like to mention is, is Anna Marie Pavlik. And, and she worked in, in her career as an engineer and then had a degree in art and engineering both. She had a master's in art. It's an interesting combination of- Well-rounded individual, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but she, when she retired, she was able to work on her art and she's in, she does etchings. And so what she does is she carves into metal, she etches the design, and then she has this gigantic press in the basement of her house. I've been there and seen it. And so she will lay the paper down and then she'll ink that metal etching with the ink she wants and then press it onto the paper. So it's a reverse. So she, when she designs it, she has to do it backwards so that when it's printed, it looks, you know, the, the things look the way she wants them to. Sure. Um, with the colors and everything. But her work is, has unbelievable detail, probably the engineering background. She's very precise, but most of them have, uh, they're outdoor uh, images that are thematic with uh, kind of a, you know, I guess an environmental message or, you know, the, of an ecosystem, you know, she might have something in a swamp and she'll have the wading birds and then she'll have little, you start looking around, you see a little frog over here and you see a bird over there. It's, uh, it's one of those things that you, you have a lot of fun, you know, finding all the pieces in it. Uh, but they're big, they're three, four foot, uh, pictures so oh yeah no slouches yeah. so <laughs> swing on by lots of work <laughs> <laughs> absolutely to say the least it's a lot of work so last but certainly not least it ought to be illegal to visit the store without eyeing and extensive assortment of handmade bags and purses as well as one-of-a-kind wearables such as jewelry and scarves so uh we Touched on this uh, a few seconds ago, so if you would just expand a little more on the uh, items of this nature available at Completely Kentucky. Well, again, I, you know, never having had a store before, I had no rules to follow. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> um, you know, and you know, our only rule is that it's made in Kentucky, handmade in Kentucky. So that's that's you know definitive. And but within that, 
um, we have lots of different wearables. We have, you know, really contemporary looking things. We have very traditional, we have weaving, we have knitting, we have silk scarves, we have, um, gosh, we have leather uh, accessories. It's you name it. We have chenille. I'm trying to think we have a little bit of wool, not too much. Um, and again, like our artists keep switching around and changing things. We have one silks artist that hand paints horses on her scarves and they're just unbelievable, you know. Um, yeah, I can imagine. We have another one that will make a painting and then she prints it on her scarves and she only makes so many scarves of each painting. It's, it's kind of like a bit like a transfer process, you know, it's a stamp kind of thing. And then, you know, so once, you know, she's sold the, whatever the six or 12 or whatever she makes from that one, you know, image, that's it. She's done. And you have to, if you didn't get it when you saw it, you won't ever get it again. <laughs> it's on to the next on. one in the rotation. Yeah, she moves on. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life for her. So <laughs> check out the, uh, wearables and make sure you're styling or profiling or somebody you know for that matter Hook and them up. Some, some mittens like bernie we've got those two from a kentucky artist there you go mittens <laughs> like bernie <laughs> it's all produced in the bluegrass so you're supporting ann and you're supporting the vendors That's when right. you right. buy from completely kentucky well up and we've sure enjoyed talking to you today about your one-of-a-kind store we can't wait to come visit you but before we let you go because we know you're a busy woman. In 30 seconds or less, why don't you give us your best sales pitch for Completely Kentucky as a bluegrass bargain hunter's paradise? Well, if you if you want the same old thing, don't come here. Um, right, exactly. What, yeah, what we have is of exceptional value because it's very high quality. It's made with love. We say that uh, um, made you know, that everything is from Kentucky with love. It's, um, we have crafts and fine foods from Kentucky's most talented hands. And that's what you'll find here. And there's a story behind everything. So if you do happen to come by or just want to call us up and ask us about something, we'll tell you all about the artist and, and the background to any particular piece you want to buy. And it's like a walking encyclopedia when it comes <laughs> to the uh, Kentucky born and bred products. So check them out. It's a uh, completelykentucky.com on the web. Her uh, phone number is 502-223-5240. And why don't let's give them those hours of operation where they can come okay. visit you. All right, we're open every day, um, except Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh, always have been. We are open on Monday through Friday from 11 to 6, Saturday from 10 to 5, and Sunday from 1 to 5. But we're also available for personal shopping. Some people that are high risk want to come, you know, when no one else is in the store. And we do have, we save all those hours in the early morning for them. Um, so sure. so you we're, can... we're here to, you know, we're very flexible and we're just here to help solve your problems. We're here to, to if you need to give somebody something or you want something yourself, we're, we're here to help that. Get in touch with Ann and she will Zoom with you to talk with you about Anything and everything you could ever want to talk about. Now, uh, lastly, how about that downtown Frankfurt address? Okay, we're right across from the Old State Capitol at 237 West Broadway Street. So if, if you're familiar with Frankfurt, um, Broadway has the railroad tracks. It's the Broad Street. Um, so we're right there, right in the middle of the heart of downtown Frankfurt.
Ann, you've been a blast. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again sometime. All right. Well, you all take care. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to tell about all these amazing artists we have here in Kentucky. And she is waiting for you on Facebook as we speak at Completely Kentucky. You can also locate her on Twitter at Completely KY. Plus, email is also readily available. With any questions or comments you may have, it's info at completelykentucky.com. That's I-N-F-O at completelykentucky.com. And remember, if you can't make it to Frankfurt and you'd like detailed information about her products, all you got to do is reach out to Ann and she would be delighted to connect with you via Zoom and discuss with you her products. And if you're after something that perhaps she doesn't currently have in stock, well, she will talk with you about the likelihood that maybe she can find it. And I wouldn't put anything past Ann and her staff. I know they will bend over backwards to satisfy you their valued customers. So get acquainted with Ann and her crew. You won't be disappointed. Snag yourself something truly uniquely Kentucky that'll make you even more proud to be a resident of this here Commonwealth. So certainly a pleasure chatting with Ann Wingrove today, and we also thoroughly enjoyed chatting with the previous guest, Alan Dossie from Paducah's Purple Toad Winery. He certainly wet our whistle for a sweet sensation. Now, before we wrap this puppy up, let's do our due diligence and reveal the answer to this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. Now, we took you to the movie screen for this question earlier in the show, and let's recap. Your job was to name the first movie to ever be filmed in Kentucky. I wanted you to name the first movie that was ever filmed in the Commonwealth. I did tell you that it dates back over a century, and it was a silent film. Yep, the year was 1915, and your answer? How fitting is this? The movie was called Blue Grass. Two words. Blue Grass was filmed here in the Bluegrass. In fact, <laughs> it was filmed in my neck of the woods, here in the Henderson area, on September 30th, 1915, and it was released on October 10th of 1915. Again, it was a silent film, and those are hard for us to imagine this day and age. And by the way, kudos to Henderson historian Frank Boyette for uncovering this little-known fact in one of his former pieces. If you haven't had the chance to read Frank's work, you owe it to yourself to do so, especially if you're a big Henderson history buff like I am. So search Frank Boyette in the Gleaner newspaper. I'm telling you, anything he's ever put out has always been a good read. Take it from me. It's well worth your time. So Blue Grass was the first movie to ever be filmed within the confines of the Commonwealth in 1915. How cool is that? Come on back next week for another Bluegrass Brain Buster, as well as more fun entertainment guests. And in the meantime, shoot me an email with your questions, comments, suggestions of uh, special guests that we should feature, special attractions that we should highlight. I'm readily available. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. I'm also accessible via the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. You can catch up on previous episodes there, stay up to date with additional information as it is presented. Of course, make comments, leave messages. I'd be delighted to hear from you via that medium as well. 
So, make a date next week. Come on back. And between now and then, keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.